again, I've been in men's work for a long time, mm-hmm. teaching and being a leader in men's work and, of course, learning from many of the greats as well. And one of the common themes, as you know, is that men don't trust men, full fucking stop. Like men yeah. are very isolated and they don't have anyone they can lean into that they can really respect and revere. I've never, I don't want to say, I've ne- actually, I've never, I've never really had that. Welcome to Men This Way, the podcast for every man who seeks to live his deepest purpose in life, who's committed to showing up fully and giving his unique gifts to the world. Because if not you, then who? I'm your host and fellow journeyman, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Men This Way. Do you suffer from the freedom wound? Do you struggle to reconcile freedom with the bonds and obligations of relationship? Do you understand why you need deeply trustable men in your life? Well, in this episode, my guest Stefanos Sifandos and I mine these questions and more for useful insights to make a meaningful difference in your life. I got to be honest, I am in the midst of a bromance with Stefanos. I didn't know him at all until he came into my life a little over a year ago when he stepped into my men's group as our newest mate. We're 13 strong now. He and I had to work through some stuff that was in the way for me, not for him. And we talk about that in the first part of our conversation today, which I think will be very meaningful for uh, men who (laughs) struggle to trust other men, which is most of us. But I've come since to deeply respect and admire Stefanos for how he shows up in the world, for his generosity of spirit, for his deep capacity to feel, and for his massive heart with which he endlessly seeks to love up on the world around him. Now, we don't agree on all things, though I regard that as one of the gifts of our friendship. Anyway, I wouldn't respect him just because he agreed with me, but rather I respect and love him because he is a man who is consciously leaning into the difficult paradoxes that all men inevitably face in life, and that too many of us do everything we can to lean out of, to not face. And we talk about what I mean by living the paradox. Stefanos's journey in life has brought him through the experiences of intense childhood trauma of violence and abuse, being a child immigrant in a foreign land who couldn't speak the language, and then in his own words, debauchery, prostitution, infidelity, shadow sexual exploration, mixing with the wrong groups, exploring underground behavior, and more. All of which took him down a painful road of self-destruction. Today, having lived through many dark nights of the soul in his younger years, Stefanos is a man in his 40s, married to the brilliant author and coach Christine Hassler, and he's wildly successful in his own right as a highly sought-after coach, working with men, women, and couples. And he's just had a beautiful baby girl named Athena. Stefanos is just crushing it in life. And in our episode today, we talk about the freedom value and what Stefanos calls the freedom wound, how men in particular are often deeply stressed around the experience of personal freedom, and how we struggle to express our innate need for freedom in the inherently binding experience of relationship. We talk about the importance of men being connected daily to other trustable men in their daily lives, and what to do if you don't have that. We talk about male vulnerability, male loneliness, and much more. Now, one more thing before we dive in, Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her, my book that sold over 7,000 print copies and recently hit number 12 on Amazon in the dating genre, 
is now available as an audiobook. Yep, spoken in my voice, I narrated it. It's an eight-hour audio journey that takes you through enlightening chapters such as learn to feel your woman or lose her, and the sexiest three words a man can say to a woman, and the sexiest three words a woman can say to a man. Now, they aren't what you think. Other chapters include beating jealousy and the most essential and overlooked boundary for healthy relationships. It's a book for men and for women that includes so many more insights and practices and teaching stories. Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her is your guide for your journey through the transformational fires of love and intimacy. It is essential reading for any man or woman who genuinely wants to thrive in intimacy. And now it's essential listening too. It's available on Audible, Spotify even, they're doing books now, and pretty much wherever you get your audiobooks. You can also simply go to brianreeves.com slash book. It's Brian with a Y, reeves.com slash book to find links to both print and audio versions all over the world. All right, now back to my conversation with Stefanos Sifandos. Take a deep breath and stay present with us all the way through to the end of this episode of Men This Way. All right, let's dive. Stefanos Sifandos, my man. At last. So good to have you on Men This Way (laughs) podcast. Long time coming, man. I know, I know. It's been in the works. It's it's been in the works. Um, I, th- I feel Stefan, as you and I have already had a very interesting journey together in our in our growing friendship. I know we started out a little uh, bumpy is not the right word, you know. <laughs> how would you how would you describe how would you describe from your perspective the start of our of our journey together, and knowing each other? Uh, compassionately tumultuous. <laughs> I love that compassionately tumultuous. Yeah, n- knowing knowing that there. There's not, there wasn't ever going to be an aftermath. There Mm. was always going to be repair and reconciliation and embrace and love. There was a, uh, for me, there was a knowing of that. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll say, man, you know, I, I came into our relationship, um, when, when you came into our, our men's group, um, uh, what was that like just a year ago, year and a half? Must be, yeah. About, about a year that now, ago, yeah. I I had a little chip on my shoulder. I'm, you know, I, I I'm a tester of men. I I want to know, like, who is this guy? You know, a guy comes in the room. Who are who are you? And I had a little chip on my shoulder from some past social media stuff that has nothing to do with reality. You know, and and because uh, we didn't know each other, and and um and so I came in with a little bit of a chip on my sol- shoulder with you, and you 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 held it beautifully, man. I mean, you I tend to be high conflict, as you might have recognized, <laughs> and you didn't escalate it with me. You know, you really held a, a, an open and curious and 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 humble humble presence inside of that, and you know, I did my best to also own my shit, but um you know, you were, you were right away a really great partner in, I guess, the, the ways that we men, I think, really thrive with each other, mm. you know? Mm. So I, I commend you and honor you and appreciate you for that, man. And it, and it just helped me fall in love with you pretty quickly. Yeah. Likewise, brother. I've, I've often said to you, you're someone that really acknowledges who you are, all, all shades of who you are, not just the, the stuff that's desirable and attractive and easy to be with, but also the difficult aspects of yourself when you're very real and open with that. And, you know, the situation dictated to me and dictated maybe is a strong word, but the situation informed me that 
I don't need to be volatile back. I don't need mm. to meet, not that you were being volatile, um, but I don't need to meet that energy with the same energy because mm. we're about to be brothers. And so, you know, yeah. different set of circumstances maybe would have elicited a different response or reaction from me personally. And I'm, I'm not sure, but probably. Yeah. But, you know, just keeping that in mind and then witnessing you uh, it really in your power. And, and what I mean by that is owning your truth, owning your actions, owning your behavior, knowing how and when to apologize. That, that to me is very humbling and that makes it very easy to, um, you know, meet yeah. you in all those places. So, you know, commending you back, receiving what you're saying and also just commending Thanks, you back man. and saying thank you, you know. Yeah, thank you. And, and since then, as, I've, as we've gotten to, to interact uh, with each other through largely the container of our, of our men's group uh, that we're in, man, um, I just, I love being in your presence and I always enjoy hanging out with you and, 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 and I'm excited today to, to, to dive into your the life's wisdom, really. You know, you, I, I've, I've gotten to watch you become a dad for the first time. And I've seen how that, hand in many ways, in some ways handed your ass to you, as we might say in America. Oh yeah. <laughs> Still is. <laughs> t t take us into that. Let, let, let's start there to, to help my audience get to know you a little bit more. Um, just give us a little bit of a, you know, a question that I often ask is to, to share with us a, an experience or an event that, that really shaped and influenced mm. you in becoming the man that you are today. But I think what I, what I'd like to switch that up just a little bit and how is, how is being a, a father? How old is Athena now? Eight months, 10 and a half months, 10, 10 and, and a half, half months. months. Okay. Yeah. How is this experience affecting you, shaping you as a man? Man, I've, I just have like a, a flux of emotions coming through me, including a bunch of tears. You know, it's, it's, man, it's, it's difficult to put in words and I'm not, generally one that struggles with words. Um, but man, I, I just, mm. the, the paradox, it is the greatest paradox I have entered in, in my life um, mm. ever. And the paradox of this immense joy and connection and my heart being expanded in ways that I can never imagine and this deep sense of impermanent but sense of and at times scary restriction and lack of freedom because freedom is my biggest value and my biggest wound and how much my life has changed my routines have changed my ability to make decisions around certain things in my life that I value deeply such as travel adventure exploration um you know social time uh personal time personal practice time um the changes that have had to occur that I've I've wanted to occur as well at some very deep level to nurture um, this beautiful little girl to nurture this master and I'm her steward, you know, um, and to, and to prioritize her needs and her development and the energy, the time, the resources that are required to pour into her that at some level in this finite, finite 3d world we live in, I have to pull from other places that I, that I equally or not so equally, but just am deeply, deeply inspired by like my work, my craft, my friendships, my play, you know, mm. and that has been so fucking challenging, man. Um, mm. And it's, it's torn me apart. It's brought up a lot of shame. It's brought up 
guilt, it's brought up embarrassment, it's brought, it's brought up old wounds of I'm less than, I can't cope with it, I'm overwhelmed, I'm letting my friends down, like all the things, man, that I have worked through and worked with over the years and the layers of that that are coming through because of these new circumstances and, and not only the new circumstances but my investment, my energetic investment in, this, in these circumstances. I love and care for her so deeply. She is my light of lights. I... I, it's just a paradox, man. I just can't yeah. explain it any other way. <laughs> <laughs> it is a paradox. What What did you mean when you say, I, I get f freedom is my value? Mm. I, I, and I think many men will mm. identify with that immediately. Many women too, surely. But what did you mean by, f it's also my wound? Yeah, it's my greatest wound because as a child growing up, I didn't feel free. And I wanted to feel free. I wanted to feel to be expressive, to be myself, and and my, that was uh, I could say taken from me. I didn't feel safe enough to be that in my environment. It was a lot of violence and volatility and uncertainty and unknown and confusion mm. and disorganization, neurological disorganization within myself. When I reflect mm. back to those times, disorganization in my household, um, just a lot of unknown, and so. For me, wanting to be me and wanting to ask questions and discover things and having that shut down felt very restricted. Mm. And, and I associated that with, well, I'm not free. I don't have that freedom. And hence why it became my greatest value. And mm. I hear Dr. John Demartini often say this, you know, our, our, our greatest voids become our greatest values. Mm. So for me, that's the connection and that's, the, that, that's what has been, I guess, for lack of a better term, true for me over the years. And when I feel impingement in my life or that I have an idea of what I want to do or what I want to be, or even like, oh, I just want to go to the Whole Foods or something, or I want to go visit Brian today. Mm. And I can't do that. Mm. I feel my nervous system starting to panic, right? Mm. And then they're very subtle now. I'm not, I'm not talking about I'm having an, an anxiety attack or anything like that. Mm. But it, it's, it's, if that happens often enough throughout the week, yeah. throughout the day, yeah. I start I start reacting to that as if, oh, I'm, I'm literally time traveling. I'm regressing. I'm that little boy again. I'm not free. What do I do? What do I do? And so that, I'm giving you a more extreme example of how it was. Now I have a greater hold of it, handle connection to it, relationship with it. It doesn't get to that point often, but it can do sometimes still. In the past, how I would deal with that would be escapism, extreme pleasure. For me, it was sex and food and and adrenaline, adventure, travel, um, doing extreme things, challenging my physical body, like really pushing the extremes to distract as as far away as I could to prove to myself that I can do what I like. You know, mm -hmm. I can do whatever I want. Um, I'm I'm a little more aware of that these days. Man, I mean, you're you're describing, you're articulating. I think with beautiful language and, and um, very nuanced language, what countless men feel. I mean, the moment we enter into relationship with another human being, whether it's a, an intimate partner or a child, I mean, if, if we are going to honor, be, be honorable men in that relationship, we take on responsibility. We mm. take on even, I don't like this word, but obligation, but the obligation that I choose freely, not the obligation imposed yeah. on me. I, I'm like you, man, but my, yeah. you know, the, the military for me was sort of my freedom wounding experience being in the military. Mm. And my, my voice, it's funny, I have different experiences of, of, of freedom uh, wound. I really like how you, um, gave, gave, gave language to that. Um, 
because I didn't, my voice didn't feel free in my home as a child. Mm. It didn't feel like I had, mm. uh, there was, if I just wasn't allowed to, to, I just, I could just tell if I, if I were to say certain things, I would be destroyed. Yep. Likewise. And as an adult, I fucking refuse to allow that to ever happen again. And that, mm. that can get me in a little bit of trouble sometimes. <laughs> mm. I hear. Yeah. Yeah. So, but this is such a universal experience. I can't particularly, mm. you know, my, my focus in the world is intimate relationship, men, predominantly men and intimacy. And that feeling of being trapped by the very choices I'm making. So what I, what I hear you saying is like, man, especially, I mean, you have been with your wife, Christine, for how many years? Uh, going on nearly five. Nearly five years. Now stepping into fatherhood, mm. next level. And I know, you know, we can, we can leave intimate relationships. I guess it's just de- it's degrees of difficulty because men leave being fathers all the time. Certainly historically, I think, I wonder if that's happening less these days. It seems like more men are really stepping into fatherhood and, and owning that and, and, and showing up for that. But how are you, so how would you talk to a man who's, who finds himself in that same predicament? Like there's so many things I want to go do. I, I, I need to be free. And yet over here, I, 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 I also want to be in this relationship you know, my partner is relationship is demanding things of me and I don't know how to reconcile that. How do you speak to a man who is in that, who's living that paradox, but not living it well, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. he's, he's, he's either sold himself out to the relationship. So he's all in and he's doing the things he thinks he has to do to keep his partner happy and stay in the relationship secure. It's not working, but that's, but he's trying his best or he's over on the other side, agitating for his freedom and, and his partner's disgruntled and upset all the time, but he's over there still agitating for his freedom and all these mostly unskillful ways. Like how, how do you speak to that man? What, do you, what advice do you give that man? Yeah. So the the first place I would start is just create some space from all of it, right? So make a request, create the circumstances where you can create some space, physical space, with the intention, the very deliberate intention to get and gain some clarity because it's our responsibility as individuals to gain clarity on the lives that we want to live and the spaces that we're occupying. So gain some clarity so you're not bringing that confusion or that unhealthy pattern or that people-pleasing and maximizing the needs of your relationship and your partner but really living in resentment around it. Like get fucking clear on what you actually want. The other part I would say is with that, so that that could literally mean go to a cabin in the mountains for a couple of days Mm -hmm. or a few days or whatever it may be, right, Uh, and be by yourself in nature. Be by yourself in nature. Breathe, walk the land, be with this conflict, this inner conflict that you are. Go to the toilet with it, eat with it, walk with it, play with it, breathe with it. Just let it be with you. Stop avoiding it. Mm -hmm. Stop fucking avoiding it. Create the space where there's no distractions. Don't bring your digital devices. Maybe bring a notepad and a pen. Maybe not. Not even. Just bring yourself and just be really, really clean and clear in your observation of this thing that you're struggling with and get really honest with yourself. Now, you may not extend that honesty to your partner or to your life or to the people in your life, but don't even worry about that for now. Just be honest with yourself. Pretend no one's going to know about your honesty. Just face it yourself. In other words, what that means, 
is maybe you're really clear you actually don't want to be in the relationship and you want to be a single father if you're in a, if you're a parent and you just don't want to be with your partner anymore. Just own that truth. Even if it's just for a few days, just get, get comfortable with that as uncomfortable as it is, just own it. The second part I would say is you have to surround yourself with people that are reflectors and mirrors, men that will challenge you in healthy ways that will call you forward, but that will also deeply support you and love you and show you compassion and support in the choices that you're making. And that can also observe with you and explore with you what you're moving through. Mm -hmm. So many men lack community. They lack the ability to be heard by another man, mm -hmm. to be witnessed by another man that is familiar to them. So that has to be a priority in someone's life. And then from there, from those places, you can start looking at those wounds. You can start looking at those trauma bonding patterns. You can start looking at the parts of your psyche that have been disconnected from yourself, that you've disassociated from. You can start doing your inner work to create spaciousness in your body, to not have so much inner conflict and have more clarity and actually have the courage and the confidence to execute on the decision, to speak your truth to your partner, but more importantly, to speak your truth to yourself. Man, I love it. A thousand percent. Yeah. Totally resonates with me there in my book, choose her every day or leave her. I, I wrote this uh, chapter, um, from my own realizations about being divided internally. The, the, the chapter title is a man divided causes stress in his partner. Mm. And so I love your invitation to that, to a man who may feel divided caught in this paradox and and not quite sh not sure how to navigate it go to the fucking mountains go go be alone with yourself i think that that also has been one of my practices over the years that has always been profoundly revealing right because i get in touch with the what am i really choosing here and so i i I love your challenge for men to own their choice, but we have to get a way to get clear about our choice. And and let's talk about being surrounded by mirrors and particularly men. Mm. How would you say, Stefanos, because you know, a lot of men don't trust men. Mm. You know, I think that's a big obstacle that men, we need to get, we need to find our way through in order to have you know, what I like, what I like to say, trustable men around us, <laughs> we have to learn that we can trust men, but, um, how did you, cause I know you came from a really, as you shared earlier, a, a very, very difficult childhood with your father and your, I think one brother. Yes. Younger brother. What, what did your journey look like to trusting men mm. again, or maybe for yeah. the first time? Yeah. I, Honestly, I think I'm on a, a little bit of an anomaly in this place because for me, I don't have like I don't have a brother wound. Um, although my my biological brother and I went through very the whole family went through a very rough time. He was on um, he was a drug addict, and there was just a lot of violence there as well. And, and you know, over the years, and for really the last fifteen years, um, my brother and I are the closest we've ever been, mm. and, and that's beautiful. I'm glad I have my brother back. You know. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Was some tough times, mm. um, and you know you'll meet him one day. He'll come and visit, and and he's he's a beautiful soul. He really is. Um, and so I guess I'm an anomaly, and I and I, I think I'll share with you why. Because I've given this a lot of thought, and it's not to say that I didn't have mistrust. 
Um, but really my mistrust was very generalized. It was more this codependent, I, I don't, I, my self-worth and my confidence is so low and shot that I, I need to uh, ensure everyone else is okay and I'm going to mm. overgive and overextend to show my worth. And that wasn't just for men, that was just for everyone. Mm. That was really a product of my environment and the way that I interpreted that. But what I, what I, what I've, the conclusion I've come to is yes, my father was violent. Yes, my father was unpredictable and all those things. I also had a beautiful, beautiful grandparents that were very stable, both from my paternal and maternal side, but particularly my maternal because I spent so much time with them. My grandfather was so gentle. Um, man, I love him so much. I miss mm. him so much, Brian. Mm. Yeah. He's, um, Your grandfather? Mm. Oh, I miss him dearly, man. When mm. did he die? About six years ago. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, a beautiful human being, just a beautiful human being. And I had an uncle, my brother's, my father's brother, who was, um, you know, really important to me and helped raise me as well because I lived in Greece uh, the first few years of my life. And Greek was my first language, very much immersed in the culture. Mm. And so I had these men that that were, I deemed to be very safe and healthy. And then as I grew up and I became a teenager and my, my father somewhat allowed me out of the house, it's very strict um, in the neighborhood. I I just bonded. I just clung to all the other boys in the neighborhood, and we just became mm. best friends. We became mm. really close. And honestly, many of them I'm still very very close with. Mm. You know, we're talking twenty eight years of friendship, twenty seven years yeah. of friendship here. You know, yeah, yeah. And I just I just I guess I just clung to them. And yeah, there was at the beginning, and there was definitely codependence, and it was oh, are they going to leave me as friends? Are they going to like me? And but over the years, they we just stayed together and. I just, we had very strong bonds that we, and we built trust. We had very diverse experiences that we moved through together as, as, as a group of friends, um, you know, getting in trouble, not getting in trouble, you know, um, talking about girls and love and growing up and just playing and all the things, man. And just, I just never had that wish. I never had a problem being close with men. Mm. Um, and it is a gift that I am very grateful for and one that I don't take lightly either. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm a little a lot because I've again I've been in men's work for a long time, mm -hmm. teaching and being a leader in men's work, and of course learning from many of the greats as well. And one of the common themes, as you know, is that men don't trust men. Full fucking stop. Like men yeah. are very isolated and they don't have anyone they can lean into that they can really respect and revere. I've never. I don't want to say. I've never. Actually, I've never. I've never really had that. Well, let's talk about this a little bit more because because I think a lot of men also don't because of our distrust of men, because of our, and this is certainly me. I mean, I, I again, I went, I was in a fraternity in college and mm. I, you know, I had, I loved, I loved my fraternity brothers, but I also, they were just kind of doofuses, you know, and, and, mm. and they just wanted to get drunk and, and fuck girls and nothing wrong with any of that, but that's all they wanted to do. And I was yeah. this young man who, you know, I had inspirational quotes all over my walls. This was, shit, man, this is in the nineties. There was no YouTube. There was no Instagram. You know, I had to, I had to, I had to type things up on a, on a little old computer document and then print it out on a dot matrix printer and then cut it with scissors and paste it on my wall. That was my Instagram. You know, I was that guy. I just, I didn't, res I didn't respect the other guys in any meaningful way. Cause it's like, I, I can't look up to these children. You know, I was a bit arrogant, way more so than I am still now. But, uh, and then, and then I went into the military where again, I just felt like, wow, this, 
the, the, the version of man I'm exposed to just, it's just not interesting to me. Mm. And so I then stepped into my twenties and thirties, just thinking, I don't fucking need men. Fuck those guys in a way. Fuck <laughs> men. <laughs> I don't need them. They're, what do they have to offer me? Same. My, my father's, I couldn't really look up to for wisdom and guidance. So I, I think I just fuck men. Women are much more fun to hang out with. And sometimes yeah. we get to have sex. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's just a win-win across the board. And myself now, having been in men's work for like the last eight, nine-ish years and, and being immersed, oh my God, I, life is fundamentally different, surrounded by tr beautiful, trustable, strong men like you, like Preston, like Josh Wenner, like you know, John Wineland, like, like all the men that we're surrounded by. So let me ask you, how has being surrounded by men in this way like, how does that enrich your life, uniquely enrich your life, your relationships and experiences with men in this domain? I mean, man, it's given me an opportunity to lean in. It's given me an opportunity to uh, engage in intimacy, right, and to trust and to not pull back when it gets difficult. Like, you know, you and I are a perfect example of that. Mm. Because I can see that, that wound of, oh, see, can't trust men. This guy doesn't even know me and he's acting this way. Mm -hmm. Fuck him and fuck men. <laughs> like I can't go yeah. do it on my own. I've got to be a lone wolf. Like mm -hmm. that doesn't happen. And so what happens then as a, as a result of that is this richness of this beautiful growing friendship and relationship and brotherhood because we both, it wasn't just me, it was both, both mm -hmm. chose not to actually adhere to that. And so the result of that man is, is amazing connections in my life, people that I can rely on, amazing business opportunities, collaborations, play, partnership, adventure. When times get tough, I've got a fucking Rolodex of people that I can call. Mm. I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I'm, I'm also not like there, there are a, a number of people that I can call Yeah, that, that would on at any time of the night that would honestly, I know would be there for me as I would be yeah. there for them. You know, that old adage, like if you call me at any time, I'm going to be there. Like, you know, I was ref, I was referenced some of the old school guys here that are blood sport at the end of blood sport there's van damme and there's um jackson is anytime anywhere any place like very few people have that <laughs> <laughs> when he's in the hospital bed that's hilarious <laughs> fuck yeah so well, it's you know it's that man well and, and, you, and i i know you're not speaking just hyperbole and exaggeration i know that that's mm. very real for you that mm. that and, and what i what i'm also struck by because i think a lot of men and I, i've heard men say this yeah you know look i got people that i could call on in a crisis if i if i need something yeah i got people that'll be there and then and then i'll ask okay well when was the last time you had such a crisis where you needed to call on one of them oh well i never i guess <laughs> The thing that I love about how, you know, the the way we do brotherhood, it's not, you know, for example, what you've been going through as as a new father, there hasn't been an outright crisis where we needed to show up with, I don't know, you know, f food and emergency supplies or, or trips to the hospital or things like this, but just the emotional journey that you, you you're going on we get to be there and witness of you we get on a mm. on a damn near daily basis mm. you know we get to go we're going through life together we're not just call, we're not just lone wolfing it and then calling each other when we have a crisis every five years yep 
but right. we're going through daily life together. I mean, you know, I, I have this idea of, of, of friendship as, you know, our, our friends are the people who carry our stories, who can tell our stories, yeah. you know? And for me, one of my wounds is feeling unseen. You don't see me. That's my, my family system feeling very kind of nobody ever sees me. They don't, most of my family doesn't even know what I do for a living. <laughs> they certainly wouldn't be able to explain it to anybody. <laughs> I get you. I can, I can relate. Those friends relate. that I was speaking to earlier, they yeah. really couldn't explain it to anyone either, <laughs> but I love them. <laughs> yeah. And, and yet, and so my friends though, the people who are my family are like, like, like the men that I've go, am going through life with you, you all, if I go to a new place, I don't have to tell my stories anymore. I don't have to prove myself every time I go mm. somewhere. You men can tell my stories. Yeah. You see me. That is, that is, that is a, a level of, it feels like it's like a level of belonging and experience of belonging and safety. And it's exactly that. That I've never really known before. It's exactly that brother. And I think it's exactly what we all, and I'm, I'm fairly absolute when I say this is it's, it's not that I can't be swayed at all, but I, I it's very definitive in that. That's what we all want. Yeah. Like we all, as a human being that is non-pathological, that is what we desire and yearn for is to belong, is to be seen and witnessed and yeah. to be in community and to feel safety in that. You know, like that's, that's, it's so much of what we do in the world comes from this desire to experience that. A thousand percent. So, so again, to a man listening or even to a woman listening. I have a lot of women listeners who are partnered with men or know men that they're dying to get them to listen to this podcast or, or to you know, do some kind of work or therapy, whatever it is. But what would you, what do you say to the man who, who, who the, the, his loneliness is apparent to him, his aloneness in the world yeah. is apparent to him. And he's hearing us and he's saying, but how do I do that? How do I create what you two are creating. I don't know anybody. I don't, who could I trust? I can't talk to my brother, my father, this. What do you say to that man? Firstly, it's really challenging. There's no easy fix to it or there's no easy path. You, you actually have to choose that the pain of where you are right now and not having that in your life is greater than the pursuit of entering this new space of seeking brotherhood and friendship. Because it's the pain of change or the pain of the perception of rejection or humiliation or abandonment or it not working out or it being an endless pursuit and I'm wasting my time and that's too painful. I'm just going to stay where I am because it's familiar. The, the pain of remaining where we are needs to be greater than the pain of this unknown thing that you're venturing into. And every individual man needs to make that decision for themselves. And they need to really look at their lives. See, the, th the difficult thing is, and this is, the, this is where it's, we're almost like we're stuck between a rock and a hard place is that we can't see the forest through the trees. We're stuck in our own echo chamber. Mm. We, we don't think that anything's wrong or that anything needs to be better because everything seems to be functioning. I'm, I get the accolades. I occasionally have sex. I have a partner. I'm this, I'm that. I have lots of money in the bank, whatever it may be, right? I drive a nice car. Everything seems okay. But really what's underneath that is this emptiness, is this sense of I don't belong. And again, I'm going to come back to these very intense unresolved experiences that we've we've had as children largely and as teenagers and even as young adults that are just that unresolved within us physiologically and psychologically emotionally spiritually 
And so we have to make a decision to work through that. And so maybe it's seeking some support. Maybe it's being with a coach or a mentor. Maybe it's joining a men's group, right? Maybe it's starting your own fucking men's group. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's doing the things that you love to do. Like maybe you like bowling, right? You really enjoy bowling. Well, just go out and bowl more and join a team and start being more receptive and open and willing to allow men and people into your lives. Maybe you, you ask, um, you know, you, you join a, a football team, like an amateur football team that play on a Sunday and they, in your local area and train once or twice a week. Great, awesome. Men thrive in challenge. So we need to, we need to challenge ourselves to be better versions of ourselves. That doesn't, there's no, here's the thing, this is not a, this is not a popular belief or a popular thing that I'm going to say. It fucking requires effort and work and challenge. There's no easy fix. There's no fucking three-step process. There's, maybe there is, but it's not going to come without some level of hardship because unless you're absolutely fine with change, if you're absolutely fine with change and change isn't an issue for you and you can easily do it, A, you would have fucking done it already and B, if you could easily, easily do it, then there is no pain, no problem. Yeah. But if that's going to be challenging for you because there's a wound attached to that, I don't trust men, as an example, or my voice won't be heard in this group, therefore I'm very scared to be seen in this group, I'm not going to move towards that, then you've got to choose that the benefit, the possibility of your voice being seen, of actually forging real friendships and real brotherhood where you can trust people and you can belong and have a sense of belonging and feel seen and have your skills utilized in that space, in that community, that tribe – that you've got to hold on to that vision and you've got to keep persevering through as much as many times as you get knocked down because there will be times where you approach a friend group where you create a friend group and it doesn't it's not the one for you yeah that may happen and yeah. you fall down can you pick yourself back up like it's really it's really just that yeah yeah I, it took me a few years from when i started doing men's work and actually mm. entering into men's groups i i came in and out of a number of men's groups cuz it was just like Look, good guys, not the right fit. Um, and that was very frustrating and challenging for a few years because I was dying. I was dying for this, mm. this experience. But um, mm. yeah, it's not easy uh, yet in the world today. I, I, you, you did an Instagram post uh, within the last few weeks. Um, the, 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 the punchline of this stands out to me. I think the... The is the post was uh, ten ways to build confidence. Yeah, something, ways yeah, for, something like yeah, something like that. Well, I don't remember what the ten were, but I remember the last yeah. one. You gave a bonus. Yeah, and it was practice vulnerability. Mm. And I really loved that. And I, I, I l let's talk about vulnerability in male <clears throat> friendships and crossing that. <clears throat> that threshold of, you know, I don't trust men. I'm not, I don't have any men I can talk to. What role could vulnerability play in beginning to crack that ice that, that, that exists yeah. around us? Yeah. W one of the things I recommend for men is, um, what I call uh, vertical vulnerability and mm. vertical vulnerability or deliberate vulnerability is, uh, and it may it may seem at first a little bit contrived or that there's an acting to it and you're being very selective with your vulnerability, therefore it's not real. But bear with me here. When you're talking about a man that has – or an individual that has just not been able to share themselves in the fullness of themselves, right? 
um, being vulnerable can be very, very confronting. And because it's so confronting, because it's so raw, it can be so real, it's so exposed, right? We just completely avoid it. So if we're vertical in our posture, psychologically, in other words, we're confident in who we are. So we learn to cultivate confidence through challenging ourselves, through applying discipline in our lives, through working on our past traumas, et cetera, et cetera. And so we're confident and we're courageous in ourselves. Be vulnerable from that place and be selective with who you're vulnerable with right? Especially at the beginning, because if you don't, if you can't back yourself and where you're vulnerable and you share something that's open and real for you and it's rejected and then you crumble, then if you keep doing that, you're, you're either going to just keep lowering your self-worth, your self-worth is going to get shot hard, or you're going to just stop being vulnerable. So be vulnerable and open and real, which is honest. Vulnerability is another word for vulnerability is honesty and transparency. Be that with people that you trust, respect, and revere, and that can hold you. What I said earlier around men that will challenge you healthily, but will also hold you and support you. That won't fucking judge you, shame you, and that will meet you with compassion. Now, what that does to answer your question very directly around what does vulnerability then do? Oh, man, you're giving permission. Because here's the thing. So someone in our group shared um, something, uh, I've, I've been catching up, they shared something around their shame, right? Mm -hmm. What I noticed after that individual shared something with around their shame is a couple other guys shared some of their shame in, mm -hmm. in our group, in our, in our conversations, yeah. right? And yeah. you probably know yeah. exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So what that does is it gives permission. And guess what happens when we release that shame? When we bring it to public and it, to not public, sorry, when we when we uh, bring it to uh, a public forum that's trusted and respected, and we're met with compassion and love, man, that's healing. That is shame is a shame restricts freedom. I don't want to feel shame. <clears throat> I do feel it often, or well, often enough. I feel it at times. I allow myself to feel it, but I don't want to hold on to it. It's a very restricting feeling, and I value freedom. I don't want to feel that. So I'm gonna. Either I'm going to work through it somatically, I'm going to move it through my body physically, but I'm also going to share it with people. Mm -hmm. I'm going to share it with people that I trust so they can meet me and they can help me not shame myself because I get a real example of, oh, that person's not shaming me. Maybe I don't need to shame myself yeah. now. I can really let that shit go. And that's when we bond. Like, see, you know, soldiers, and you know this better than me, I was never in the military. I've done a lot of work with military personnel. I understand the culture very well from an external perspective, of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a deep respect for it in many, in, in many ways. You would understand this, I, th I think, what I don't want to assume, but like the, the, sometimes the, the bonds that are forged under pressure or war or mm -hmm. survival can be very strong bonds, even if those men don't resonate with you at a character level, right? They can be very totally. strong. Yeah. And coming out of that, if you don't resonate with those men, there's this guilt felt that we went through so much. How are we separate now? Mm -hmm. And some people, most men will just keep that. Yeah. People like yourself, again, I don't want to make any assumptions. Just correct me if I'm wrong. People mm -hmm. like yourself that are more expanded, conscious, mature in their disposition, explorative of self, you'll have the courage to make those decisions, to cut those ties, mm -hmm. even, and you'll allow yourself to feel the guilt, the shame, and et cetera. But that's why like when we go through hardship together and sharing vulnerably is us going through hardship together, whether it's physical, emotional, psychological or other, that forges trust, that forges bonds. Now we're not alone in the fucking world. Yeah. Now here's the reality, man, at some level, because reality to me is multi-tiered. We're born alone, we live alone, we die alone. Mm. I believe that. Mm. But I also believe mm. we're born in community, we live in community, we die in community. Mm. And so for me, both of those truths exist. And when we're vulnerable and we practice honesty and sharing with the right people, especially at the beginning of that journey, and we build the muscle, we cultivate the courage and the confidence, 
after that, we can be vulnerable. We can be open and real with who we are. And if it's met or not, it doesn't matter. Water off a duck's back. We'll learn next time without judgment. Okay, I don't go to that person. Yeah. I'll go to this person. I'll go to myself, whatever. But we yeah. learn and we grow. But we have to have the experiences first of people that are safe to do that with. Yeah. You know, I want to speak to the what you were describing, that military culture and 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 leaving that culture and because I think it is, it's very relevant to military or not. Yes, being in the military, just by the nature of the experience, whether you see combat or not, there is a bond forged between people who wear a uniform just because of what we go through to do that. And leaving that, and yes, I, I for me, the, the military was, I felt incredibly oppressed in that my expression, I mean, the military is not a place that, that, that <laughs> rewards and encourages free expression of, of its individual members, thoughts and ideas and perspectives. That's not what the military is about at all. And I felt that acutely. And so, yes, when I left, I didn't feel connected to that culture and it was profoundly disorienting and frightening and uncomfortable and lonely. And I think when, when, when men start to make the choice that I'm going to, I want to have real friendships. I don't want to do the same thing I've been doing with men, which is talk about sports only, you know, uniquely talk about sports, ass, work, politics, the weather. Mm. Like I want to have more interesting conversations. Mm. There are a lot of men who don't want to have, they, they want to stay there. I think it's, I think it's important that men do know there is a, there is potentially a, a threshold, a, a chasm to cross that might even feel more lonely mm. than when at least you could go to the bar or go watch, you know, Sunday football with your buddies and get some semblance of connection and camaraderie. It, it's almost a stepping out into even more aloneness because now you don't even necessarily have that. And, you know, Stefanos, you, you've given a lot of great examples and, and practices and, and ways that men can cross that chasm and start to step into, put themselves in places where they can have real conversations mm. with other men and, and real relationships. And, and um, you know, so I, think, I think that's, I think you've you've done a a really great job at painting a path that men can can begin to walk who want who who recognize the need for this in their lives. So thank you for that. Mm. Um, I know we're we got about seven minutes left, so I want to ask one more question and then do my final wrap up round, which I call the five emotional triggers. Mm. Um, this is the question: What do you think is the biggest challenge facing men today? And what wisdom could you offer in the face of it? Uh, I don't know if it's the biggest challenge. I think it's one of the biggest challenges. It's um, self-identity in the context of society. Mm. Uh, and, and if I could tack on something to that, it's, it's then this sense of isolation and aloneness that comes from a very confused self-identity of what society expects from us. I think men from a you know, as we've evolved over millions of years, essentially from hominoids to who we are today, men have largely been defined by their contribution to the tribe, to the community, to the group of people that they would be with. And their value and their self-worth, um, their sense of accomplishment would be derived from that. And when we, be, when we are confused in the world and when we are receiving mixed messages of how we need to be as men, that can disorientate us greatly and it causes us to largely retract 
or essentially be very aggressive and hyper-aggressive in the world. But both of those pathways, and of course there are many others, but those dominant pathways ultimately lead to a sense of aloneness and isolation. No one understands me. Mm. I don't understand myself. Mm. I feel alone. Either way, I'm going to retract. Whether you're masking it with hyper-aggression, control, autocracy, et cetera, oppression, uh, or whether you're really being removing yourself from the world. So I think those are those are two big things, um, the self-identity crisis of man mm. and isolation as a result of that and many other things is um, is two things that are really facing men. And, you know, the, the remedy, um, I think there, there are many remedies, uh, but one of them is community and is coming back to self and um, doing our inner work as well mm. to fortify ourselves so that we can uh, tread new ground. You know, we're, very, we're, we're explorers. Men are explorers. Mm. We were responsible for extending the perimeter. We're responsible for exploring new lands and traversing very dangerous and mm. precarious environments. And it's time that we go back to doing that within our own psyche as well. The, 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 you know, the spiritual landscape, the psychological landscape of challenge that we face. I love that. Yeah. A, a young man lamented to me many years ago, a few years ago, that that he felt like there he's in his twenties, he felt like, well, there, there's nothing left for me to explore. Everything on the world in the world's been discovered. And I was like, well, what about the inner world? Mm. You understand what a what a vast, un unexplored place that still yet remains? Um, so I love I love that. Um okay. Wrap up your five core emotional triggers. You ready for this this round? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. It's, it's a thing in the podcasting <laughs> world. You know, everyone's got to have a lightning round. So well, here's mine. So your five core emotional triggers, mad, sad, glad, or joy, fear, and shame. Number one, what makes you mad? Mm, fuck. So many things. Which one do I choose? Don't get mad <laughs> that I'm asking you to choose just one. Um, incompetence. No, no, let me, let me actually, yes, but let me actually, uh, <laughs> oppression, oppression, mass oppression makes me mad. Okay. Mm. What makes Abuse you of power. Yeah. Abuse of power. Okay, great. Yeah. What, what makes you sad? When I hurt others because of my reactivity. Mm. What causes you to feel joy? So many things. Um, may I say a few? Yeah. Uh, my daughter, uh, my relationship with my wife, uh, this friendship that you and I have, um, my friendships, my adventure, my play, my training, travel, creation, uh, service, giving, learning. Man, I love life, bro. Oh, God, yeah. the divine exploration of consciousness, plant medicine, breath. Mm, you are you are a man of of many feels. And I love <laughs> I love that about you. What causes you to feel fear? Or being my father with my daughter. Mm. Ooh, feel that. Thank you, man. Yeah. Now the, the last one, and this is dealer's choice. Um, what causes you either to feel shame or embarrassment, or it just makes you want to hide from the world. When I think I've done something wrong, or I believe I've done something wrong in relationship, in any, any relationship that is important to me, um, I, re I, I often retract in shame and self-loathing and disappointment in myself and embarrassment, but both really, they, they somewhat go hand in hand. Embarrassment is, is less of an intense state, but mm -hmm. I'll retract. Then I, what I often do to deal with that shame is I become aggressive to seek control. So I, I feel more mm -hmm. empowered because shame really disempowers me. 
But I'm learning to really change that and, and be yeah. a far more adept with that and be in the body and be responsible for my state and not project that on others. Yeah. Well, thank you, brother. Look, I, I love you. I appreciate you. I think you are living the paradox well. <laughs> thank you. You know, it, that is a, right, that is not a destination, but an ongoing practice. And I, I am just so grateful for our friendship. Uh, before we say goodbye, where can our listeners learn more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, of course. Thank you, brother. I, I very much appreciate you and the way you see me too. Um, uh, social media at Stefanos Safandos. Uh, if you're on Twitter though, at Steph Safandos, cause they don't give me enough characters that don't <laughs> account for my, my European ethnic name. Um, <laughs> uh, and my website, stephanossafandos.com. Fantastic brother. Thank you so much for coming on men this way. Uh, I really appreciate it and I appreciate you. Love you, man. Thank you. Love you, brother. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again to my dear friend, Stefanos Stefanos. You can find Stefanos at his website by the same name, Stefanos, S-T-E-F-A-N-O-S-S-I-F-A-N-D-O-S dot com. Of course, that link and any other resources will be in the show notes at brianreeves.com slash podcast. Also, remember, considering getting my book, Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her. Some of the reviews on Amazon have said things like, this book will hug you. I was so moved. And every man should read this book. And one quote I particularly enjoyed from a woman, she said, this book helped me realize that I am not too much, that my needs and feelings are valid, that I am actually an amazing woman. It also helped me see my man's heart. Oh, I love that quote. Um, remember, it is a book for men and women, and it's available online everywhere in print, ebook, and now an audiobook narrated in my voice. Choose her every day or leave her, a guide for your journey through the transformational fires of love and intimacy. And finally, please go write a review of this podcast right now on your podcast app. Doing so helps me immensely, and it also helps other people realize this is a trustable space. I deeply appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe yourself while you're at it. I'm your thriving life and relationship coach, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Until soon, keep your head up, your breath relaxed, and your thoughts inspired.